0: Hammer down and push your IndyCar car to the limit. No
1: better way to quiet your critics than to go to Victory Lane.
0: From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar
1: Series. Helio Castroneves joins the four-time winners. Please. Ericsson wins the Indianapolis 500 in the most dramatic way.
0: Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners
2: discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super
1: speedway, or a small oval, it's fantastic, and there's more to come in 2022. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome, IndyCar Nation. I'm Jack Arute, along with my sidekick, Tony Kanaan. As uh, we bring you 60 minutes of exclusive IndyCar talk, with one exception. Now that TK is part of the Superstar Racing Experience and Superstar Saturday Nights on CBS, we've got to get the race report from South Boston, Virginia, where uh, maybe you didn't score the victory, TK, but uh, you consumed a bologna burger and you left the event leading the points, Rank the outing. Right. I mean, uh,
2: good event, Jack, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm really uh, bummed that I'm missing your home track, your own track this weekend. But it's been great. I mean, I'm, I'm more comfortable with the car. You know, on a weekend that Paul Tracy is the guy that hit the least people, it's Hi. a very weird weekend. Um but, yeah, the tempers were flying. Um, Tony wasn't very happy with with some of, some of us. But great racing, great turnout. The place sold out. And uh, it's been a, quite of a competition this year.
1: I think there's two things that I've noticed. And that's that last year, nobody knew what it was going to be like. The drivers certainly didn't. Ray and Tony and everybody involved, they weren't certain. Uh, now we've got uh, – and as – as we have said when we talk to drivers, your rookie season is one thing, and, you know, you acquire, and then it's the second season. And I think that's the case, whether it's you guys have learned how to conserve tires, you've learned how to race. And I think the performance vis-a-vis open-wheel car drivers compared to NASCAR drivers, uh, a discernible difference. All of you are getting in there trading paint.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, we have some tough guys like Newman and, and Tony and Labonte, I mean, guys that know a lot more than us. Like, Eddie and I, we're still mixing with them. I mean, you know, we were the two IndyCar guys in the top six. Marco was there, too, until he got he got taken out. But at the end, they still pull tricks out of their heads that still getting us by yeah. surprise. They yeah. know so much that, uh, Jack, I have to say, I mean, it's, it's one of my uh, best learning experiences this late in my career, how to understand how to save the tire, how to understand the tire. We don't have to worry that much uh, in IndyCar or any other series. And, and I, by doing that, it's, you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say it, that it's making me a better driver. I mean, it, this slate, when you think, you know, I've been racing for 40 years myself, and I, I've been using this in my stock car races here in Brazil now. And so it's actually helping me across the board. So uh, I'm enjoying it quite a bit.
1: Well, you talked about South Boston being sold out Stafford speedway this Saturday night, also sold out standing room only has also been uh, sold to the gills. You will not be there, but due to the rules, they allow you to take your worst finish and throw that out in the chase for the title. So uh, you're, you're still in the midst of the hunt when we move on to the second half of the season, as we alluded to you're down in Brazil and you're going to take that SRX series experience and put it to the test in your Brazilian stock car effort. And we keep saying it, TK, but you are more busy now than you were when you were a full-time car driver. But it strikes me that it's a busy where, because you control your own destiny, you got a lot more smiles on your face.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not that I didn't control my own destiny before, but I think Jack, it's uh, the difference is, um, I'm in a different place in my life. Uh, yeah. there are things that That is less pressure in some ways. Uh, IndyCar consumed 25 years of my life in a very good way, but I, you know, it's very intense. You, you can't, you can't just relax because all those guys, we want to beat each other so bad every weekend. This is more, of course, the SRX, it's very relaxed. We know, you know, we're not getting any jobs if you win or lose that championship. That's more of a, the entertainment for the fans, bringing people to, to like racing again. It's a different format. Um, even though you say it's relaxed, we, we get as mad or more mad
1: yeah than we yeah.
2: did to each other. So I'm in, I'm just in a different place. I'm, you know, I've, since the Indy 500, I haven't had a weekend off and I had, so it will be probably 13 weekends in a row. Wow. I don't think I've ever done that between the four series that I'm racing, but I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying, uh, you know, I'm a man of uh, habits, and you know I know exactly what's coming. We have our our shows every Wednesday, don't no matter where I'm at. So I'm probably the only guy that do a, you know every show from a different city every once, you know it's once, the, once, once a
1: week. Where, it's the ultimate. Where's Waldo? So Tony, some of the news uh, in the IndyCar series. Let's start with AJ Foyt Racing, the three-car team of Dalton Kellett, Cal- Tatiana Calderon, and Kyle Kirkwood for the 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 road courses. Some rumors coming out of Waller, Texas, and Speedway, Indiana, and questions revolving around sponsorship support for them to continue to field a three-car team. And Larry Foyt uh, confirming in a text that all three will be on track this weekend. But I, you're my go-to guy. Don't want to, you know, take unsubstantiated rumors. But this uncertainty is uh, something that. AJ Floyd Enterprises does not need as they continue to try and rebound.
2: No, it definitely doesn't sound good. Um, in a way, it's not as bad as you know as it could be because it's still it's still the 11 car, the car that is not doing the whole championship, so it's not going to really affect them on the leader circle money. Um, the worry is it's the same sponsor as the 14, so. Are they having trouble with only one payment or two payments? But then yeah. you get stuck because in the 14, I'm pretty sure AJ would have to put his own money in because they don't want to lose the leader circle for next year. They can't afford to park that car. Corkwood is leaving. They need to find a new drive. They need to perform well. And that million dollar that comes with the leader circle, is a, it's a big help on the budget. Um, Chev is involved. So it's, it's a tricky situation. I think knowing Larry the way I do, It's probably unsustainable. I think the payments are really, really behind. I think if he, if Larry had 2% hope that he was going to get this money, even if it was later on, he would have no problem putting the money up front. But I think it's, for the sounds of it, it's been late for quite a while. I mean, even from the beginning of the year. So that's going to become unsustainable. What sucks about that is... That's a team that, you know, would benefit with extra people as well. They don't have enough personnel like Ganassi or Penske. I'm not saying they don't have enough people. They do. But um, that, you know, when you have three cars, it helps the entire team, not just the 11 car. And they're going to have to probably let people go as well because, you know, it's one last car. Um, Sad, sad to see. Uh, I hate to see that. But again, I think they're still pretty healthy with the four and the 14, which, It's what mattered the most.
1: Remember one week ago, we were talking about why I thought Felix Rosenquist had to rebound and have a good performance for Team McLaren. Well, the news, no sooner had we gone off the air, than the news comes out that Rosenquist has indeed signed a new contract. But forgive me, I don't know how to read the tea leaves, my friend. It is a contract that just kind of puts that TBA to be announced. Whether it will be behind the wheel of their IndyCar Series effort or their uh, Formula E program, which is new, Formula E, however, is not new to the Swede because uh, he's been he's been involved in it in past seasons. Help me distill this out and get to the rest of the story. This is my view.
2: They really see uh, Felix's potential now. They needed a hot shot to fuel the third car that they're saying they were going to run. They signed Rossi. Um, my view, this is what's going to happen. I think it's going to be Rossi and Pato and in Car. They're going to move Felix to the Formula E because they just bought that team. They need, he was really, really good there. I mean, he's one of the top drivers. He was one of the top drivers in their championship. And they're going to bring Felix back to do the 500 on the third McLaren car because he obviously did quite well this year over there. So this is my take. I might be completely wrong. I'm not sure they're going to three cars next year. Even if they do, I believe they are probably going to try to put somebody else there. Felix right now, it's been under pressure. He raced as much as I think he is one of the most talented guys I've, I've ever seen driving for some reason, he's not adapting quite well in IndyCar. He had big chances at Ganassi and now he had a big chance at uh, McLaren and and Pato is being, you know, outperforming. So that's my take.
1: Meanwhile, uh, let's give a shout out to a member of the IndyCar family and to that team McLaren family. And that's Robert Wickens. A lot of people, you know, his name faded into the the background as he battled uh, after those devastating and terrible injuries at Pocono a couple of years ago. But uh, he has battled back and won his first race since that Pocono crash in 2018 when he took a Hyundai Elantra N with fellow Canadian driver Mark Wilkins in a two-hour race at Watkins Glen, New York, over the weekend. And uh, you know, while he retains feeling in his legs and he can stand for short periods of time, he decided upon hand controls for the throttle and the brake, and it took him all the way to victory lane, my friend. I mean, what a
2: sweet victory, right? I yeah, mean, I'm, I've we we all followed what he's been doing, you know, and his quest to just determination. I mean, I'm with the gym. I'm at the gym with him every day. He he goes to Pit Fit, and you know, from the accident and how, along he came with, he got married and he was able to stand up to to be married. People, you know, told him he probably could never walk again, so. Nice to see him back. One of the most talented drivers I've ever met. And now that he figured out how to drive as quick or quicker with his hand controls, I mean, he's going to be unstoppable. So really uh, an emotional weekend for a lot of people that are close to him. And I think a well-deserved victory.
1: I want to circle back finally to uh, the SRX series where Elio uh, shows up unannounced or due to a, uh, a snafu when it comes to the scheduling at the first race at five flag speedway and then the new ceo for xrx don hawk makes a bet that uh, if elio wins the race he'll get him a ride now elio's been on my podcast has said it over and over again he is lobbying everywhere for a seat in the upcoming 2023 daytona 500 and hawk used it as a carrot at the end of the stick and now hawk has got to let well, he's got a cash, a check that his mouth wrote out and they're out actively seeking it. Well, let me give you the breadcrumbs. All right. Okay. The announcement was made on Monday that Justin Marks is going to fill in for Elio Castro Neves at Stafford Motor Speedway, the SRX series this weekend. Yes. Oh, by the way, it's the same Justin Marks that, along with Pitbull, has already got a two-car winning effort and has that special project to try and open up to international drivers opportunities to dip their toe in the water in NASCAR. I hope I didn't preempt you on connecting the dots and inside information.
2: No, I, I, you kind of... I didn't have actually... Put, connect the dots the way you did. That's why I love you and I have you. We have you on the show, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, and you will put it out there as well because that's what he wants to do. And then I think he, he's helping Hawk big time because a lot of people saw it. So Hawk probably is not going to, Hawk's not going to write the check. I can tell you that. So he has a lot of connections, but I think it'll be great if that happens. I mean, I, you know, I want to do it. I've been, I've been, we've been talking about it for the last few years, but. That makes
1: a lot of sense, Jack. I'm conflicted, Bell. All right, Because no. I, I, well, I'm I, telling you right now, I will be all over Justin uh, like flies on you know what. You know that the way they set it up, they've got the trailers and the motorhomes, and I'm bringing my tape recorder, and I'm going to grill him like a 4th of July hamburg on Independence Day weekend. So I'll get the inside skinny. He's not going to lie and deny, all right? And we'll have it on tape. And I'll feature it not only on my podcast, but here next week. But here's my conflict. I started and targeted that. And then I said to me, but what about your compadre? What about your amigo? What about TK? He's been lusting for this for years. And you already have your relationship with, you know, with, with another Nashville businessman, Scott Borchetta, who now has an indie I mean, a NASCAR Xfinity series. So I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm going to go either way, Kanan. I can either go in and put the Italian press on marks on your behalf or the Italian press on marks for your brother from a different mother, fellow Brazilian Elio Castroneves. You no, make the choice.
2: I, I think just let them do their deal. Uh, I like you mentioned, uh, we've been in talks with Scott Borchetta. I would say, Jack, to be more realistic, and my preference as well, if I ever gonna be able to have a chance to do Daytona, I wanted to do it right. And right, right. it's not with the right team. Or I think I have a bigger chance to j- jump in on an Xfinity car this year, and and probably maybe do Daytona next year on Xfinity to learn, and then maybe try to. I would I would I would not prefer to go straight to a Cup car if I could. If the opportunity presents, I'm there. But if I had the choice, uh, I'm being bugging Scott a lot about it. So uh, you know, before I retire, I promise you, uh, I will make it happen one way or the other. All
1: right. So you answered it for me. I'm gonna lobby for both of you. All right. Okay. You know, come on, it's Justin Marks. It's Pitbull, baby. Pitbull, probably one of the more popular artists down there in Brazil. I can sell it, TK. I can sell it to team. Trust me, seriously. I'll give you my input and my reaction, because I intend to visit with Justin Marks, the late add to the SRX starting grid at Stafford Speedway this Saturday night in front of a sold out audience. All right. We decided that despite the fact that mid Ohio is on the horizon, the latter system of IndyCar has been something that has accounted for, I think, the level of competition that we've witnessed and enjoyed not only this season, but for the past handful of seasons. Why? Because there is a targeted way to eventually make it to the very top in an IndyCar ride. We are going to visit in the next segment with two of those said drivers who are, uh, well, getting IndyCar tests. One just completed it, Benjamin Peterson, for uh, the Global Racing Group with HMD Motorsports. And the other is Christian Rasmussen, who is a lead driver as part of the juggernaut that's, Andretti Autosports Indie Lights roster. First up will be Rasmussen. Stay right where you are as we take a look at Indie Lights here on Brick by Brick.
0: Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius
1: XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome back to Brick by Brick with Tony Kanan. I'm Jack Harood, and TK as we alluded to in the previous segment. We're going to spend a little time focusing on the road to Indy, the ladder system. And we've got some young bucks that are climbing up that ladder. We're pleased to be joined by one of the Andretti Autosports Indy Lights drivers, uh, the Dashing Dane. That's going to be his new nickname. Christian Rasmussen joins us now. Christian, you've kind of battled right from the beginning, winning the USF Formula 2000 championship, then parlaying that. Into an Indy Pro 2000 uh, race, and we, you won the title there. And then you used and parlayed that money to get the Indy Lights this season. What's the journey been like, my friend?
3: It's been very exciting for from day one. Uh, I started in USF 2000 in 2019, uh, got third the first year, and decided to come back to, to to win a championship. I come from a very regular family without a lot of uh, financial backing, so. Because of the scholarship money that's available in the road to Indy, that's how I've been able to progress through the letters. So I wouldn't have been an Indie Pro without my USF two thousand scholarship, and I wouldn't have been an Indie Lights now without my Indy Pro two thousand scholarship. So I'm kind of a product of the of the letter series, which is uh, which is uh, which shows that it works, which I think is great.
2: Well, Christian, happy birthday! Uh, first, thank of all. you. Yeah, thank His you. Birthday today, guys. So, uh, and uh, you know, we, we get the gift to have him on the show. But uh, you got your breakthrough win in Road America. I think mm-hmm. you know we're not gonna call finally because it's it's your first year, and, and, and you you know you, you you obviously are looking to move up to IndyCar. You've been through the ladder. Obviously, a uh, uh, first win it gives you a big momentum for the second half of the season. I know probably the answer. I mean, you ask any driver if they want to win the championship in their first year, that's what they want to do. And you just mentioned, obviously, you, you don't have a lot of backing from your family. You don't come from, you know, a wealthy uh, family that can pay. And you can have time, you know, to wait and say, well, I'll do two, three years in Indy Lights and see what's going to happen. <laughs> um, is the plan if you can't win a championship this year? You know, obviously, first year, you try to learn as much as you can and get some wins. And, and get ready. I mean, when, when I joined Indy Lights, it was like that. I, I had a three-year deal, basically. You learn the first year, and you win the championship the second. What, what's your plan? What's your backup plan in case you don't dominate and win this championship on the second half of the season uh, for the future?
3: Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. Uh, I've always, since I started karting, I've always been a huge believer in being ready for the next step before you take it. Uh, I feel like you see a lot of drivers that move up too quick, and then they underperform on the level that they're at, and then they're out the next year. Uh, I don't want that to be the case. I feel like I'm ready for IndyCar. Um, I'm not saying that I won't be trying to get into IndyCar for next year, but I also don't say that it's there's no possibility that you'll see me back in lights, Um Hopefully we can we can find the budget to to go back to either one of the series, but what it is 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 still a little bit undecided yet. Uh, I also feel like we don't have the the results to show our, our true pace this year so far. Um, I should have gotten the win in St. Pete. Obviously, I had a mechanical issue that took me out of the lead from uh, with like a lap and a half to go, which was unfortunate and have had some other issues this year which has been a huge learning experience for me which has been great but we'll see how this second half of the season goes uh we kind of need to make my um, my name a little more hot in in indycar teams um because i don't really have any any results to show for my my true pace this year um but we'll see what happens Uh, i want to be ready i want to step into indycar and and do good my first year instead of Coming in and doing mediocre, and then and then be out the next year. I, I'm in it for for the long term goal uh, to become in and have a successful career in IndyCar, not just for one year. So we have to decide what's the best option for us if that's another year of lights, or if it is to step into IndyCar next year.
1: You're listening to the thoughts of Christian Rasmussen, who is in Indy Lights right now, plotting and charting his pathway to well, hopefully get a full-time IndyCar series ride in the NTT IndyCar series. Christian, you mentioned the fact you don't come from a family that's populated with, with friends and family with golden briefcases. So everything you've done has been the hard way. And yet you landed with Andretti Autosport, which when it comes to the support series in the ladder system, always seems to make room at the ultimate level. And that's the IndyCar series for a a deserving ladder series driver have you had those types of conversations yet
3: um not yet uh i also think part of that is is because of my results so far i haven't really been been able to show a lot so you don't want to cash that chip
1: you don't want to cash that chip yet
3: no not not yet um but but we'll see what happens also the market is looking pretty populated right now uh so that also might be a uh, a reason to to wait one more year, which it seems like there's going to be a little more movement around uh, for for the 2024 season.
2: Christian, uh, as far as, you know, your learning curve, you've been doing the IndyCar indie ladder. So obviously, I think you're more than ready. Uh, you know, I wouldn't worry a lot about the results because I think people are watching. They know why. Like you said, St. Peter was a race that uh, it was yours. Uh, but physically, how are you doing to get prepared uh, to drive an IndyCar? car? Because it's a big step.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think you, TK, know that already. Uh, but <laughs> I uh, I work out at PitFit training uh, with the Jim Leo and, and the guys there. Uh, so I'm in there every day um, to, to 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 get prepared for the next level. I think they do a great job of, of preparing. Uh, I think you, that's why you see all a lot of the indie car drivers there um, to work out. So. I feel physically, I feel very, very good. Um, I feel like um, I'm on the level that I want to be at. Well, I'm not on the level I want to be at. You always want to strive for more. I feel like I am more than capable of doing lights. I think uh, I have an IndyCar test coming up. So we'll see how how that goes in terms of my physical uh, appearance there. Um, but I feel strong. I feel uh, like I'm in good shape. So, And that's all thanks to PitFit Training and, and Jim Leo and the guys there.
1: So when you go to PitFit training and uh, Jim Leo's working hand in glove and his staff with you, and you look to your right, and there's the old bald old man just <laughs> getting more reps, lifting more and doing more than Christian Rasmussen. What do you mutter under your breath?
3: No, it's, it's cool. I'm, um, I think all of us race car drivers are super competitive as, as competitive as it comes. So I think it's great having those guys to, to look up to and, and strive for, uh, I have a kind of a thing going with uh, with Alexander Rossi that you know who lifts the most and who does all this and that. So I think that's part of the environment. I think that's part of what makes pit Fit as great as it is because there is that competitiveness between the drivers, uh, both lights drivers, and the Pro drivers, all the lower ladder series, but all as well as the IndyCar series.
1: Yeah, but I'm so talking you, about I'm talking about the guy that's on as my co-host, the Rocky yeah, Balboa. Yeah, uh-oh. You just Uh-oh. call P- me P- old. P- I don't
2: do, I don't do more reps than them anymore. I just go there <laughs> my physical condition.
1: <laughs> train <laughs> smart.
2: Right. Uh, so Christian, when is, when is your test? It's coming up with who will tell. I mean, we know, but we want people to know, you know? Yeah. I'm I'm going to be testing with uh, the Autosports
3: uh, at mid Ohio right after the weekend. It's on the 12th. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, I, I, I think it's great that I have Indy Lights weekend at Mid Ohio under my belt before I go to the IndyCar test because the Indy the Indy Lights car is much closer to the IndyCar than what I've been driving before. So I think that's that's good preparation for the weekend, uh, for the test. Uh, so I'm I'm yeah I'm really excited for it. Uh, that's going to be obviously the 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 most powerful car that I've ever driven, um, quite a bit more than the Lights car as well. So yeah, I just can't I can't wait to to get into it
1: with a test forthcoming that way, your mindset on test day, because let's face it, you, you've got all of the principles at Andretti Autosport checking everything, not only, you know, you, but also the data that you, you put in during your test. So do you drive any differently than let's say if you were going out for a quality session or even in a race itself, because it, it's more than just a test, Christian, it's about your future.
3: Yeah, um, I, I'm. I mean, I'm not too worried about that stuff. You know, I mean, it is my first IndyCar test, so for me, it's just about to learn as much as possible. Uh, learn the most that I can that that prepares me for obviously the next year. Uh, I want to make a good appearance, but my main goal right now is to do well in lights and, and do everything I can there. An IndyCar test is is fun. Uh, it's 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 a good experience, is for sure. But my main focus right now is, is Indy Lights and to, to do as well as I can in that championship and then we'll see where that IndyCar test takes me for, for the future.
2: You know Jack one thing that is interesting that for our listeners that don't know the way IndyCar built the new Indy Lights uh, in the last couple of years is the tub itself it's actually on the, the cockpit where the driver's seat goes in it's actually the same as the IndyCar so Christian is going to be able to just take his seat and put straight into an Indy car, which it makes a huge difference because, you know, when let's pretend you have two street cars and you're driving, it's two different brands. It's different seating positions, wheel positions. So that's, I think it's a huge advantage for the young guys that don't have to adapt. It's one last thing they have mm-hmm. to adapt. And Christian, I have to say, you're going to drive in one of the most fun racetracks in one of the most fun cars you ever driven. So Get your neck ready. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
3: what I'm hearing. I think that's gonna be uh, be the biggest struggle. Uh, I feel pretty strong in my neck, uh, but I'm sure that I'll be like this after uh, after that. You know, quick, own.
2: quick, quick, old guy trick. Just uh, have a little bit more padding so you can rest. It doesn't. Don't be stubborn saying I can do this. You know, it's yeah. not worth it.
1: Christian, maybe TK will lend you his pad.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> going
1: to like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate your visiting with us and sharing with us your journey up the IndyCar support system, known as the ladder system. And wish you the very best at Mid Ohio, both during your race and then during your test. We'll check back in with you a little bit later in the season to see how the test went. Best wishes much. to you. Take care. Thank
3: you. Thank you for having me. Good luck, man.
1: TK, let's shift gears now. And talk to uh, the Indy Lights driver for HMD Motorsports, Benjamin Peterson, who joins us now. We just, Benjamin, talked to Christian Rasmussen and got his description of how effective the ladder system is in IndyCar. What's your take as the driver from Copenhagen?
0: Uh, it's a very effective system. I mean, I had my my very first IndyCar test on Monday, and wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> What an, what an impressive car, but more so like, it was such an easy transition from the lights car. Um, the first session, like we were within two to three tenths of what the Ray Hall guys were running, all their team cars. I kind of caught myself by surprise. I was like, holy cow, I, I wasn't expecting that right away. Um, but yes, to answer your question, the, the transition is, I wouldn't say it's, it's easy, that's not the right word, but it, it was very natural.
2: Benjamin, you just mentioned it was your first time in IndyCar. I mean, on a very bumpy racetrack. A lot of people want to know about the windscreen because you know people think it's, it makes a huge difference. You obviously in Indy Lights, you guys have the halo, but not the windscreen. How was how easy was that to adapt? It was it weird. Tell us a little bit about the feeling.
0: Yeah, great question. Um... It was very natural, very easy. I mean, the, the structure from a halo standpoint was, was very similar. The only thing you're adding is, is the windscreen. Um, I didn't find it weird at all. It's like, you know, putting your visor down now you just have another visor in front of you. Um, I didn't really think about it at all, but it adds a lot of heat. I'll tell you that, as you know. Um, when you're on track, you do get a little bit of air through the, the vent system right by the steering wheel and the helmet hose. So there was a little bit of air, which was nice. But once you come to a stop in pit lane, holy cow, <laughs> that, caught me, that caught me by surprise. But you get more and more used to it.
1: I know your goal ultimately is to to be a full-time driver in the IndyCar series. Your test came with Junkos Hollinger, who at the present is a one-car team. Are there negotiations underway for, let's say, oh, it's going to become a two-car team? And oh, let's say they get a, a Danish-American driver from... Uh, from uh, the uh, global HMD motorsports entry. You know what I'm getting to. Have you been able know- to talk to them a little bit about maybe taking that second seat if it becomes available?
0: Talks are ongoing with, with a lot of teams right now, with the teams that do have seats open. Um, so, yeah, right now, I'm just, you know, the, the main focus right now is making the transition to IndyCar next year. And the, the main focus with that is just getting seat time in an IndyCar. So the Junkos the test came up as an opportunity. You know, it's what better opportunity to get ready for next year than to have an IndyCar test already halfway into this year in my lights year. So, yeah, we're, we're talking with a lot of teams right now, figuring out the, the transition for next year. But uh, right now the focus is it's mostly just getting seat time in an IndyCar.
1: Who does that talking? Is it you or is it a group of people? uh, The best word I can describe. Is it it your agent? Is it your manager? You know, I don't know what the support system is. Can you take us behind that curtain?
0: Yeah, great question. So I I have a team working for me, uh, Sports Management Network out of uh, of Michigan that I started working with. Um, Great group of people. Only recently just started working with them. So they're facilitating a lot for me. But it also just goes around, you know, when you're walking around the paddock, you are walking to different team owners. So it's it's a group effort. So it's them. It's me. It's 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 everyone around me. So I'm really fortunate to to have that level of support around me.
1: So is it a, is it an elevator pitch when you network in the paddock area and you run into uh, an IndyCar owner? Give me give me your best elevator pitch for <laughs> them to consider you next year.
0: I mean it it's very natural I wouldn't say it's it's like a pitch in that regard it it happens very natural because for the most part it's it's very cool how the IndyCar teams pay attention to to the lights guys coming up even even the the lower junior formula so it doesn't start by being like hey I'm Benjamin Peterson like they already know who you are which makes it a lot more natural um so so yeah it's you kind of just have to go with the flow I feel and and be yourself and at least that's how I've been going about it, and it, it seems to be working
2: pretty well. You know, Benjamin, I, I don't care about that stuff. You know what I care? I want to know <laughs> how was the feeling and the difference between the Indy Lights car and the Indy car. I, I remember when I jumped in for the first time, I, I mean, it was like, I was baffled. So to you, yes. what was the most impressive thing?
0: The, the most impressive thing was the brakes. I've never driven with carbon brakes before. Um, when you combine it with the dampers that an Indy car has, the aero, the tire, it's so impressive. Um, you know, compared to a lights car, you're approaching, you know, I think it's 10 mile an hour faster into a hairpin at Sebring, for example. You're braking much later, you can brake much harder and the thing just slows down. Um, so the brakes was, was super impressive. Like you said earlier, Sebring's very bumpy. The way the dampers absorb the bumps rather than just upset the car was a really nice feeling. Those things were the most impressive. Um, the power, not to sound bad, I was a little disappointed at first with the power. It was very similar to a lights car, I felt, even though I know it is faster. But for sure, the, the brakes, the, the dampers, the tire, it's, it's so impressive. Um, I really like how you can just really attack the brakes
2: yeah the power is coming my friend you you're young enough that you're <laughs> get back to where we were in the past. it's
0: so. it's funny i was talking to graham at lunch um and he said he was he he talked about his first time in an indy car at the time it was a champ car and he said those days i mean it was probably similar for you right tony um he said the things were they were just so much more powerful like the way they accelerated and he said now they're they're quite a bit slower but but I could imagine if it had that kind of power as a champ car, it, my
2: eyes would have been a bit bigger. <laughs> no, nah, but um, it, you will. I mean, if you remember, like we, we it, the new chassis is coming up eventually and the hybrid right. engine. We had a thousand horsepower before. And, and this car, obviously, we kept adding a lot of weight to the car. It, it had more power, but we had the windscreen and a bunch of the intrusion panels to make it safer. So the car is right. actually quite heavy right now. That's them. But you, you get there, you, yeah. you will love it. Yes, I'm so excited for, for my next test. Speaking <laughs> of, Jack, when is your next test? Do you know already or no?
0: I don't know yet. There's a, there's a couple different opportunities that have come up that, that we're looking at. Um, so, so, yeah, right now, you know, this weekend, I'm already going straight into a race weekend for Indy Lights at the Mid-Ohio. So my focus has kind of shifted a little bit away from the IndyCar back to Lights because we're still right in the mix to be fighting for the championship. Um, I'll definitely take everything I learned from, from the IndyCar and try to apply it to the lights car. Um, cause I think that will only be a, a natural thing that will help with pace with everything looking forward to taking some of that momentum I had at the IndyCar test. We actually finished fastest at the IndyCar test, which kind of baffled me to be completely honest by the end of the day. But, um, yeah, just, we got a lot of momentum going right now. Great people around me just really enjoying the moment.
1: Chatting with Benjamin Peterson, he drives for HMD Motorsports in the Global Racing Group in the Indy Light Series. And uh, I understand that you and I share an inherent fear. And I, and I want to just measure it because, well, from the time I was a little kid and I have been harassed in the IndyCar paddock for my absolute fear of snakes. Degenerated <laughs> down, Benjamin, to you can throw a radiator hose at me and I will jump at least 15 feet. So uh, tell me about your fear of snakes.
0: I just don't like them, man. They're <laughs> they can, you know. they can kill you. They're small. They're slimy. I, I, I don't like them. <laughs> but I was just in Florida, right, for Sebring. So there's snakes and alligators. Like alligators are my second least favorite animal. And there's a lot of them there. Um, we've seen a couple of them in the wild, which was... I mean, it was cool when that when it's far away, right? But um, there's some interesting animals down in Florida. That's for sure.
1: Well, I always believed that Florida is where the, uh, the the missing prehistoric animals somehow found a place to roost, and that's what accounts for crocodiles, alligators, and some of the <laughs> weird looking birds there in the Everglades. Yeah,
2: Jack, I know, I know how to uh, prank him now. So that's that, thanks for the oh, insights. Oh God, up. I
1: shouldn't have. I'm oh, so no. sorry, Ben. I am so. That's sorry. That's all right. You know,
2: that's all right.
1: You know, I'll just, be alert. You you can be as alert as you want in the IndyCar paddock once the word gets out. So secretly, I feel sorry for you, but I also feel relieved <laughs> because now instead of only being one person in the paddock area to be harassed. Now we got you, Peterson. So maybe we can share the burden. Okay. Well,
2: I'm okay with well, that. We're, we're going to save Jack for his rookie year month of May. That's Oh,
1: no. Point. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: Hey, as as
0: long as they're not real snakes, Tony, you know, and that they can't kill me, that's the big thing.
1: Well, Ben, you probably told I,
2: me that well. Then
1: you, so. you shouldn't have done. You shouldn't <laughs> have said that, man. You and I have to spend some time, Ben. You got to learn now. You can be certain that when you go into Gasoline Alley next year in IndyCar, someone is going to dump a grass snake. Oh God! In the golf cart, okay.
0: I know the tradition of pranking drivers in their motor home. So I, I have a feeling I'm going to need to stay at a hotel now thanks thanks to this. But but I feel like that won't be acceptable. So it doesn't matter where you home. stay. We'll find you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: Got it. Hey, we appreciate your visiting with us and wish you, like we did, Christian, the best wishes for this upcoming uh, Indy Lights event uh, this weekend as part of uh, the uh, Mid-Ohio uh, NTT IndyCar Series weekend. And uh, wish you nothing but the very best. And look out for those snakes. Stay away from the (laughs) Foyt team, okay? Because they're world-renowned for throwing anything that is long, slimy, and doesn't matter whether it's poisonous, alive, or just a rubber hose. They're going to harass the you-know-what out of you, my friend.
0: I will be careful. Good (laughs) luck, man. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Hey,
1: hey, that leaves us to do one thing, and that's to preview mid-Ohio and to wrap things up and subject myself to me having to pick the winner of the event. Let's just say 2022, I have sucked. I have sucked big time. Don't take my word for it. Just ask DK. We'll be back after you take this time out.
2: Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick.
0: From the green flag to the checkered flag, we're discussing the hottest
1: topics from the NTT IndyCar series. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. He is going to win on Independence Day on Penske's 50th anniversary. Hey, man, we got one. He got it
0: and a oh, Penske's yeah. first win of
1: 2021. Uh, great job, boys. Very nice work. 4th of July, the captain.
0: Oh, that was a little too close for comfort 10 laps ago. That
2: was was pretty tough at the end there.
1: (laughs) You bet it was. Well done,
2: Joseph Newgarden. What a thriller here at Mid-Ohio.
1: The defending champion of this weekend's Mid-Ohio event, Joseph Newgarden. This guy is on a roll and pursuant to our discussions about What has happened with Chevrolet stepping up to the plate? All of a sudden, Team Penske, as they used to say, yada, yada, yada. Um, Newgarden shared with us a while back, he's not out of this points championship chase in any way, shape, or form. No,
2: not at all. And, uh, I mean, I strongly believe that Penske stepped up a lot. Look what happened in the test last week in Iowa. They've been dominating. So, it's going to be tough. I think Ganassi is going to have to manage really well how they're going to play this fight uh, as far as teammates. They have three guys uh, fighting for the championship, and so does Penske. But they could get in the middle of each other. I'm talking about the Ganassi boys. If they don't be careful, they will lose this championship with Joseph just sneaking in. So it's going to be interesting. Like we said, the more it goes down the road, I think it's narrowing down quite a bit who is really going to be in contention here.
1: Uh, Let's circle back to our conversation in the previous segment with Chris Rasmussen, when you warned him about the physical aspects of running this permanent course known as the mid Ohio sports car course, where does it test your body and soul the most? Jack, it's
2: a sequence of corners left, right, up and down. So you you don't have a lot of time to rest. You have one long straightaway to rest, but you spend 80% of the racetrack like, getting juggled from left and right so it wears you out the cars are not good all the time the car is not good at the entire racetrack you've got to pick and choose where so you're making an extra physical effort to kind of handle the car uh, in some way so it is the most physical racetrack we will see but I have to say man nowadays from my de- generation to the young ones we've been so well prepared that is, None of us, like I know I still, people still give me the credit, the Ironman, this and that, but all those guys right now, nobody's going to suffer unless you're having a bad day because physically you didn't wake up on your right day. But, you know, as far as them being able to drive the entire race flat out, I think all those guys in the top 15 in the championship are more than capable of, you know, pushing every lap.
1: All right, TK, let's let's move to what I think is one of the subtle consequences at Mid-Ohio. And maybe it's self-serving because of, oh, so many years I spent on pit road. TV does not justify or do justification to the, the pit wall. That's a combination of concrete, guardrail, you name it. And through the years, pit crews have fashioned and designed all sorts of assists from little mini ladders, etc. But it is not your prototypical pit wall, which I have to think, TK may just may throw people's timing off just a tad and when we're talking about thousands of a second have you talked to your crews about that
2: yeah i mean we have a a taller wall as well but like really the guys are over the wall right the biggest challenge like it's not so the over the wall the only thing you worry about is the guy that is pulling the gun because there is a guy over the wall that is pulling the gun so he's a little bit higher up you got to be careful you don't
1: angle when you pull
2: it you don't hit a front wing or so on and is grabbing the tire over the wall as well, because remember when the, he takes the tire out, the guy over the wall takes takes the tire. But I think the biggest challenge this year is pit lane is not even. Pit lane is like, depending where you're pitting, either you're in a flat or you're in a hill. Up
1: yeah, you're hill right. Or yeah. downhill.
2: So you have to to hold your, as a driver, you have to hold your brakes more than, than you do in other places. But by the rules this year, you cannot push the car. After a pit stop, it's done. So two things there: one, the car is going to roll back. That's a problem. Second of all, the pit lane it's really tight, so you don't have a lot of angle to kind of angle to avoid. The cars are pitting extremely together, so you have a big, big chance to stall when that happens because you don't have anybody trying to support you to hold the car from there. That's totally illegal. So it'll be interesting. You can actually totally totally between the driver and the cruise this, this weekend, probably you pointed out, you didn't even think about it. It's probably the toughest one in pit lane we ever going to have. And if you mess up there, I mean, middle high is not an easy track to pass. So that's going to, it's going to cost you big time.
1: I really should just do away with this final point in our weekly get togethers because I am, well, the best way to put it pathetic in my picks thus far this season. (laughs) I'm going
2: to let you pick first today. Go ahead.
1: You know what? That isn't going to help me, TK. It's not going to help me at all. You alluded to the fascinating way that Team Penske and Chip Ganassi's racing teams are going to kind of shake down the internal battles for a championship. I think this may be just one of the pivotal days. And and you know what? I'm going to go with Joseph Newgarden. I think that, you know, he comes back and repeats.
2: I don't disagree with you. And I think we'll be a little boring the last picks because it's kind of obvious, but I would say I had two picks this weekend and obviously that's not going to work, but looking at the history, uh, how Dixon and Palou did there, I would say I'm going to pick Palou for this weekend. Good pick. The guy's hungry. He needs a win. If he wants to go back in the fight after the bad weekend he had in Road America. So I think If we're going to pick, I think we should start picking a surprise. Like, we we pick the winners, but then we should try to pick one guy that could be the surprise of the weekend. What do you think, Jeff?
1: Uh, That works for me. Okay, I'm going to
2: pick Pato as my second choice.
1: Hey, And you know what? I'm going to go with Andretti Autosport and say, you know, we've seen a totally different Alexander Rossi, and maybe just maybe things fall his way as he'd be the surprise. Okay?
2: All right. Let's see. I think I'm right again, We'll see,
1: right. you're always <laughs> going to be right. Hey, good luck this weekend in Brazil, my friend. And thanks, uh, brother. Looking forward to the remainder of the SRX season. And who knows when you get to throw out one of your worst finishes in that chase for the championship, despite missing out this weekend at my track, Stafford Speedway. Uh, stay in that hunt, all right? Yeah, I was still
2: in the points lead, but obviously, this weekend I'm missing it, so we'll see. We With one race to give away, that's probably going to be my race, so we'll see.
1: We'll see. And that puts a lid on this week's show. Many thanks to our two guests that uh, showed us behind the scenes in uh, the ladder system that supports IndyCar racing, Christian Rasmussen from Andretti Autosport, and then from HMD Motorsports, Benjamin Peterson. And a quick reminder, if you want more motorsports conversation and more, most importantly, IndyCar interviews, hey, why don't you consider subscribing to my podcast series? It's called Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. It's available wherever you get your favorite podcast again just search jackaroot's wind tunnel quick reminder the executive producer of brick by brick rob jamella our producer nate lee for my partner tony kanon live in brazil i'm jackaroot reminding you be sure to join us next week when we gather for yet another edition of brick by brick